I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome back to Ausbiz as we kick off the afternoon here as we usually do with the call 10 stocks that... You suggest, and I put them to two experts, and we have one of our favourite teams today on the call, uh, Jumbe Lu from Tribeca Capital. Jumbe, good to see you. Good week. Good to see you. Fantastic week. It's been very exciting for the market, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, and Adam Gould from Shoreham Partners. How are you good today, to sir? What you been excited? It's been nerve-wracking for everyone, hasn't it? Oh, a roller coaster. That's what equity market is. Yeah, that's, right. that's where you see the opportunity. When there's a sell-off, we'll get very excited. Yeah. We'll have to take positions. Yeah, absolutely. That's been a good week for us as well. Lots of uh, deals going around. And uh, today, even better for most of my clients are in the banks. Oh, okay. So they're rallying very, really hard okay. today. So that's good. Um, why on the, um, on the new credit laws uh, coming through? Correct. Talked to Josh Frydenberg mm. on Sunrise about them this morning. Um, quite rightly. Oh. Uh, too, because we're in the middle of a credit squeeze, aren't we? It's yeah. so hard to get any money out there. Well, it, it, it's, you know, GFC, you know, they put all these restrictions 10 years ago in the GFC, yeah. so they weren't allowing these cheaper loans or easier loans to go through. Now we're coming back all the way back to the full cycle. Yeah. So now the banks are going to be able to generate some mm. more revenue on the back of relaxed laws on the, on the home So loans. would you be buying banks now? <laughs> I'm a fund manager. Well, who do you think <laughs> is buying the banks today? Um, yeah, no, we're covering some of the underway, but honestly, I'd much rather to play more housing-related derivative sectors than right. playing the banks. You know, I'll be buying the quality names, say, whether it's REA, the listing, yeah. uh, Domain, you probably CSR will do pretty well as well, right. or pr- property trust-wise yeah. with the stock. Okay. There's a lot of things you can buy. Okay. Um, banks, I just feel, you know, it's capped. If it goes up 10%, it's done. Right. So, whereas the other sectors, you have a okay. lot more upside. So, you're not investing in the lenders, you're actually investing Durant. in the recipients that's right. of the loans and what they're going to do with that's, it. Uh, uh, that, that's right. And also, aside from that, you know, you got you can move into high quality businesses such as REA because yeah. the, once the listing moves, REA or Domain, their earnings very leveraged to the app cycle. Ah. Mm. Yeah. Similar? Uh, my clients are all looking for income. So, right. albeit the income's not there at the moment, Yes, we've been buying some banks on the back of this announcement because I think the whole banking sector has been wanting some kind of catalyst and yeah. this potentially yeah. Yeah. is the start of something of that catalyst going well, forward. Well, even the Reserve Bank was saying, um, uh, Philip Lowe, that, hey, we gave all this cheap money to the mm-hmm. banks at the start of the pandemic, yeah. but they're, but they're, not, lending they're not lending it because it's so hard to meet the criteria. Good point. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Anyhow, all right, let's hopefully... That goes through. Hey, before we start off with your 10 stocks, uh, stocks uh, I look for a stock of the day. And this is an unusual one, um, Telex Pharmaceuticals. Uh, it came up in the, in the news the last day or so. Uh, it submits a new drug application um, with uh, the FDA in America for its prostate cancer imaging product. The submission includes clinical data from over 600 patients from clinical studies. Chief Executive Dr. Christian Berenbrook um, said submitting the drug application to the FDA is a major com- commercial inflection point for the company. 
and close the European submission earlier this year. Now, I'd never heard of Telex, and because we've got so many great little med techs here in Australia, I thought, hmm, is this going to be the next one? Shumbay, do you know much about them? Um, I actually, um, yes, um, so sort of. Um, so I followed, uh, sort of, uh, I, on and off, I've been following this company since oh, it first listed a few years yeah, ago. Yeah. Um, and the CEO, he is a um, actual um, very experienced, um, you know, a professional within the medical space. Yeah. Um, he used to work for very those large pharmaceutical companies in the M&A space. Right. So what he did was a few years ago, he found all these, uh, because he worked in the M&A space and he found all these interesting, um, you know, technology. And he he bought them out of universities and then yeah. one of the technology is to the imaging product which is um, you know often for a cancer patient to treat the cancer patient yeah. um, we can't you know when you do a full body scan you can't see properly where it is so they inject this little um, uh, thing in there where it lights up it glows um, mm. you know of all the cancer cell so because of the t-cell attached to the cancer cell and um, you know they have a couple of technology the imaging wise the one really works and they found that it works with many different sorts of cancers and then so they started lodging application for all these different areas right. um, and it seems that they already got commercial agreement before it even gets approved so it does seems like it's really promising and it has a whole portfolio of different things that it's in the pipeline that's coming through so you're not and tied risk. to a single product that's right, right. And which is the danger of a lot of these that's right pets, that's it? right so and and the thing and they hired this guy David Kay um, used to be the um, the main guy out of uh, Certex I don't know if oh, you remember yes. which is very similar that cancer uh, topical uh, yeah. sort of you know targeted cancer treatment yeah. space um, wow. so he's over there now he's amazing in telling the story so now definitely getting more traction it is a very interesting story okay. uh, and it's de-risk not like some of the other biotech or you know medtech ah, businesses okay. so yeah. would you be buying it around this two se uh, this 170 mark? I can feel like I missed it but I, I should be buying it okay <laughs> all right Adam I don't know too much about this one and Jumbe obviously uh, gave it a really good rap. So things when I do when I don't know too much about a stock, there's a couple of things that I look at instantly before making some further decisions to go look at the business. One is how much does the individuals or the insiders hold. Now the insiders or directors hold around about 22% and then above that uh, shares that are held by sort of 5% more of their owners is about 27%. So it's quite a tight register. Right. So I think that's a good tick to start with. The second thing I look at is their market cap and then I look at how many shares are on issue. 235 million shares on issue, that's good. There's not a lot of paper floating around mm. and it does trade a fair bit sort of around about sort of a couple of million uh, a week as well. So there's a little bit of liquidity in there as well. Mm. So it sort of ticks a lot of those boxes for me to then continue to look at it. I'm always a little bit cautious around FDA. FDA mm. does take time and we're in phase one, phase, you know, then it goes to phase two and phase three. So it's a long, long way away yep. before anything's going to be happening but the news flow is really key for this thing. So if they do continue to put out some good news flow around that prostate cancer imaging and those kinds of things, uh, for me it's a hold, but um, yeah, it's, and it's something it. and watching it. Okay. So yeah. it does tick a lot of those metrics. Yeah, yeah. It's probably worth holding by some now because there's likely, if things indication is positive, they will raise some money. So you kind of need to be on the register to participate. Ah, right, okay. So buy a little bit now and just see how it goes. That's right, yeah. Right, okay. Um, but a great little business and one, as I said, I'd never heard of. So, uh, so it's great to be brought up to date with those. Okay, let's get into uh, the stocks that you've suggested where Blake is kicking us off uh, this hour with an ETF. Um, there seems to be an ETF for everything these days. <laughs> this is a battery tech and lithium ETF and provides investors access to a range of lithium miners. We've talked about a lot of lithium miners here 
on the call over the last couple of months and a range of companies investing in battery technology. Um, Adam, yeah. uh, what do you think of this as a... So, I mean, with um, first of all, uh, I didn't know too much about this one and, and a good friend of mine, Andrew Duncan, who works for ETF Securities, who runs right. this, uh, gave me some good information to sort of talk about this. But first of all, Elon Musk's commentary around lithium batteries and the amount of lithium that's around. I think it was quite smart of him the other day when he did his battery technology day to sort of talk down lithium a little bit because that's his, one of his biggest yeah. input costs. Yeah. So if he can get his uh, input costs okay. lower... <laughs> He's talking his he's own book. He's talking his, right. his own book. Okay. And, and so I think that's very, very clever from his yeah. behalf to do that. Yeah. However, going forward, it's predicted by 2040 that half of the vehicles will be electronic. And, uh, and with 13 countries and 31 regions around the world already sort of talking about phasing out combustion engines. So I think that's a big thing, as well as the Chinese government's doing tax exemptions. And the UK has also announced that they're going to ban sales of gasoline and diesel cars by the beginning of 2035. So we talk about megatrends. This is a trend that is going to go, continue to go forward. So I think for me, it's a buy on the, on the back of that trend that is going to continue. Right. Okay. Jumbo? Yeah, more or less the same because um, people are buying battery technology and lithium really for the leverage of that, you know, um, proliferation of demand for um, electric vehicle. Mm. Um, and it's not just cars, there's buses, there's everything else. And aside from that, in the future, we will probably have installed battery technology in our household, you know, to save electricity. So that's where the world is going to be greener yeah. and the like. So battery is going to be something in high demand. So right now it gives you good exposure into that space, which is good. But do remember in the future that lithium um, you know, like any commodity, um, once you have enough lead time, it can be dig out of the ground. So, yeah. you know, and then if the battery technology does advance significant enough, you may not need as much lithium. Yeah. So, you know, these things will change, but that's some time much further in the, in the future. Right. Okay. Mm. And an ETF, because we've talked about lithium mm. producers and battery makers, mm. a lot individual companies, mm. and it does seem pretty hit mm. and miss, that's doesn't right. it? So having an ETF would be a good way of just covering the sector and spreading right. the, the risk a bit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Diversification. Yeah, it's it's high risk. There's you know many different ones. They are digging out of ground from different places yeah. around the world. There's yeah. a lot of risk. So this is much easier way. Okay. All right. Um, so Blake, really good uh, suggestion to kick us off on the call today. Um, Jumbay, David wants a view on Altium, one of our bigger tech companies. Um, it's in the computer software and design electronic space. Um, in Australia, Americas, Middle East, um, is it the it the A in the Wallex? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Look, it's a very high quality business. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you take a long term view, absolutely, it's a buy today um, and they hold for many years. However, for the meantime, in the short term, in the next 12 to 18 months, it is does have a bit of an earnings uh, headwind. Um, they have had about four revenue downgrades already, uh, simply because most of its revenue has to have salespeople on the ground to collect them, to sell them, to sell yeah. those licenses and things. Uh, if you don't sell them, 70% of revenue doesn't really come in. So um, so COVID-related shutdown and disruption around the world mm. in China and all that meant has meant that the revenue is not coming through. Um, so that will create a bit of disruption. Two is that, um, and also if we actually look at the G during the GFC period, their earnings didn't bottom until two years after GFC. So because most of their customers are SMEs. So people right. can use their product perpetually without paying for it. Um, uh, unless they have a salesperson on the ground and uh, get an update version and you get the paid for the next year's thing. So right. when things are tough, 
um, people cut all these expenditures. So earning for the next couple of years is going to be pretty tough. Um, however, if you take a long-term view, this is a very quality company, really top of okay. its uh, So does the share price reflect the fact that it's going to going to do nothing for the next couple of years? It is doesn't. This, are um, you getting in at the bottom here? And <laughs> yeah, no, I look it still holds up. Pretty it's well. still ho holding pretty, uh, pretty well. But then if you compare that to the rest of tech sector, I do expect this one to underperform over the next two, three years, mm. simply because earnings going probably going to go sideways or, you know, right. pretty, pretty challenging to go higher. Okay. Mm. Yeah, look, it's a buy from me as well. It's long term. It's a fantastic business. Mm. So yeah, really comfortable with it. I think a lot of the the the, the issues and and people don't really you really realize but they use this technology every day every time you press a button on an elevator mm. every time you you know there's a lot of things that, that Altium has that that puts side into this so um, it's fantastic technology uh, I'm really comfortable with it I think um, uh, all in all it's going to remain a market leader in its space and that's probably why I like it for a buy because it is that market leader Right. So yeah, comfortable, um, sufficient cash at the moment, probably should be okay. Um, and I think if obviously the economy starts to recover second half or first half of next year, uh, we will then start to see this move forward as well. So comfortable with a buy. Okay, let me challenge you both. Why wouldn't you just wait? Um, uh, I think uh, ultimately that, it's, that yeah. there's the opportunity cost of being in something that's flat for two years. Mm. Why would you be in something else? Another tech stock. And mm. then wait to buy this in two years. You're asking you know for a I'm long short. You're asking a long short manager. That's what I do. Um, you know, I, so I look at relative game. Um, you know, yeah. because I need to beat the ASX 200 benchmark. So I will certainly buy other tech company that has fallen, and I know the earning will recover. So a company such as Appen that's fallen right. down, mm. and I see mm. that one would deliver higher return than yeah. the LTM. Right. LTM is defensive. Look, earnings going to be flat, but longer term is fine. But it's not going to do much relative right. to say the Appen or couple of other names that we right. like yeah right so i think management are going to reset expectations mm. on this business over the next year or so because mm. it is going to be a little bit softer mm. yeah. so revenue growth and looking they're still looking at an annual growth rate of sort of 19 percent. so like you know put mm. that into a normal business right. a bank you know there's no there's no way they're getting the sort of kagar numbers on that and they're looking to sort of get you know some decent revenue coming through the door so um for me market leader it's been a little bit beaten up you know, it's come back and, right. you know, I think it's sitting at some fair value here, so I'm happy to buy it. So you've it. got Appen, Altium and Technology One was uh, a darling for a while. Yeah, so Tech, uh, so actually it's interesting you mentioned Tech One. So now Altium is going through this process as well of shifting, um, you know, the, the one off, the, the, the perpetual license model into a SaaS model. Right. Yes. This is what tech, did, tech One did a few years ago. Now when Tech One did, uh, you know, that transition phase, <coughs> share price really struggled because yeah. of the revenue hole for the short term. Not getting the money up front. That's right. Getting yeah. to, uh, so it's good for long term, which is that's, good, yeah, that's but right. short term performance. Absolutely. Right. So now LTM just started, got on this journey, just started uh, doing that. So that's another headwind for this earnings over the next couple of years, just right. as they transition to that phase. Um, so but yeah. technologies uh, just gone through it. Come out of it. <laughs> They've gone and should start to get the benefits. They they should. Oh, they already seen the benefit. Only thing is, there's a few short seller reports out there. Um, um, so targeting it, so it's really struggling to move okay. to the next level. All right. Mm. Okay. Uh, thank you for that suggestion, David. Now, Jeff, um, Adam wants a view on, is it Ricky Pharmaceuticals? I, yeah, that's I think what, it is. That's uh, what we'll call it, yep. Um, they uh, develop and commercialise synthetic antibiotics um, at the moment for blood infections and sepsis, just raised 
$28 million. And they say the money's going to be used to advance its antibiotics and complete phase one human clinical trials of, uh, of some of it as well. Right, so uh, just to put a disclaimer to everybody, we did the raise. Oh, so for, you raised the 28 million? We were, yes, one of the lead, we right. were the lead broker. Did you put your own that. money in? Uh, no, I didn't. Right. Um, but. Just wanted to know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't talk too much uh, about the company because we do know a little bit of what's uh, going to come up. However, I can talk to the top line stuff. Um, the, the raise was a, was a successful raise and raised at $1.30. So a little bit of a premium to where the share price is today at $1.35. Um, it was a little bit of a sell down from one of the founders. So right. um, that was one of the reasons because he had some health issues. Right. So that's one. But also Fidelity came in with a 12% stake in it. In the AFR it was reported right. 8%, but they put a couple <coughs> of their other uh, funds in there and they came in at a cornerstone with 12%. So it gave us a little bit more confidence that this one is a good one going forward. So it was, it was, um, it's a very interesting business. It's had a great growth rate, as you saw on that chart previously. That great, the growth rate has been absolutely fantastic. But I do like the way they treat some of these sepsis and blood infections. This is a, a very big concern, not just here in Australia, but globally as well. So if they can get some of those techno that technology, if they can get some of the, those um, past FDA and TGA and those kinds of things, I think this one, and I'm, I'm a buyer of this stock. Right, okay, Jumbo? Uh, look, um, when we talked to before with the biotech or medtech, you know, all these FDA approvals is uh, key. And this company is preclinical. Yes. Yeah, so yes. they're preclinical, uh, yes. as in they haven't even gone to the Correct. phase one, phase two, phase three trial yeah. yet. So to me, it is very early stage um, to be involved. It sounds great, you know, with Fidelity on the register. It's great. Yep. It's a great demonstration of, um, you know, how promising this thing looks. Um, um, and uh, even the areas where they target, um, it seems very, um, the end market is enormous. So mm. uh, it, it's interesting, but it's a watch for me. Um, it's just yep. too early. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, and you said you're could only talk top line. Yeah. Not about what's coming up. Well, no, I can't. I'd like to. Well, could only There's be things good coming. coming. Yeah, up. that's yeah. right. It has well, to be good. Well, if we raise that kind of money, yeah, you'd hope that. But yeah, it, yeah, yeah. They'll put it to good use. They will, definitely. Uh, good management, <laughs> executive team. The management is good, except for the founder that's now starting having to move away from it. Right. So there is a little bit of a concern there, but uh, I think that succession plan is well entrenched. Okay. Yeah. All right, excellent. All right, uh, Adam holding his cards very close to his chest, but he was involved <laughs> in the race. Uh, there you go, Jeff. Um, now, Janet Jumbe wants a, a view on Sydney Airport. Uh, now that some flights are probably going to start being... Uh, going out Adelaide that'll be really exciting look uh, you know when domestic bubble or interstate bubble does get opened up um, the, the the companies that benefit directly is uh, Qantas actually yeah. instead of buying Sydney Airport um, with Qantas majority earning come from you know domestic travel whereas uh, Sydney Airport majority come from international right. but having said that any positive news will be good news for those sort mm. of travel sector mm. and if you look at the Sydney Airport hasn't moved nearly as much as some of the travel agents no, <laughs> if you no, look at the share price compared with flight center and corporate exactly travel and exactly yeah. so it's been left behind because it's a defensive asset but it is trading at a fraction of its true valuation for a premium asset such as that so you know we do think it will come back once the travel returns say in 12 months um, right. the share price will double right yeah but it's very defensive as well so in the down market it won't be like the shop like the um the corporate travel or flight center will fall significantly this one doesn't it's quite defensive okay mm. so it'll you reckon it'll double in 12 months it will once this travel returns international yeah. okay. travels <laughs> right. okay 
Maybe back to eight bucks, maybe not double. But <laughs> like, yeah, it, it, it'll, it'll get there. We'll go through okay. exuberance yes. uh, period because Agreed. travel will return in a big way because even though there's structural issues and everything, but there's so much pent up demand. Travel well, sector will go through this. got a flight for seven hours going nowhere. <laughs> goes in the air and then comes uh, back down again. <laughs> well, Qantas sold, I think, in a since Adelaide um, opened its borders to New South Wales. Sold 20,000 flights in a day and a half really? to South Australia. Um, wow. Let alone what will happen when Queensland virtually opens. I think up Queensland and might and do it like soon because the tourism straight away going there, right? Because yeah. at the yeah. moment people are trapped. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. So it's a big fall. rebound. So, uh, sorry, would you buy at these? <laughs> oh, yes, these it's and, a buy, and, yeah. and hold. Yeah, yeah, buy and hold. For a while. Yeah. Um, more than the travel companies? Like Not the travel agents, but Qantas, I think it's good to buy and hold. Right, okay. Yeah. No. yeah. I'm a buyer. It's a buy. Sydney airports all day long. I've been I've been buying this, mm. uh, yeah, all the way through since March, at the bottom of March. I'm really mm. comfortable with it. I think it's one of the infrastructure stocks that has tipped to catch the COVID snapback or that right. that bubble opening yeah. up. Mm. And even though we did see the performance numbers or the traffic numbers come through from August down, still 96. percent um, I think the market's well uh, averse around what's going on for that. And we're starting to see some bigger brokers, even Macquarie raising its price target just yesterday to $6.60. Right. So there okay. is some confidence now starting to come back into the stock. Um, they've, they've On their site, they're still building a hotel, uh, which we know most airport hotels run at an occupancy of 95 to 99%. They're gonna build their own hotel on their property. So they're gonna right. get some further leverage to that. Parking, uh, duty free. When it all comes back, absolutely, this one's a it's a buy. Okay, mm. uh, compare it to um, Auckland Airport. So Auckland Airport trades on a larger uh, valuation model. So it's it's I, I don't like Auckland Airport, but also um, Auckland Airport does own um, I think it's Gladstone and there's a couple of other Australian airports that they oh, own. Okay. So it's not just Auckland. Uh, but there's just not enough tourism going through there. Sydney right. Airport obviously gets a lot of that uh, major tourism. Uh, Auckland, for me, it, it's a no. Yeah, yeah. Um, but a lot of analysts yeah. prefer Auckland to Sydney Airport because, because it's a property said. play. Is no. that they, they own the land, whereas Sydney Airport just loses it. Yeah, right. look, I, I think Sydney is still by far the best way to play right. this reopening. Okay. And to look, if you want to go into that defensive transport space, transurban, um, you know, if mm. you look at the traffic mm. stats, mm. Um, it's it's coming back in a big way. Um, look at all the car-related retailers and businesses, they all went through the roof in terms of the share price, whereas yeah. transurban sort of come back and, you know, haven't really done much. They will have update very soon, um, yeah. you know, in terms of where the traffic is. And once okay. the Melbourne lockdown gets Right. Yeah. Come back. So if you combine Sydney Airport and Transurban, you basically get a combination more powerful than um, That's right. Auckland Airport. That's, That's right. That's mainly my yeah. infrastructure stocks mm. when right. I talk to a client. They're mm. the both both of them that we put into the portfolios. Okay. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. Okay. Thanks for that suggestion. Uh, Janet now, uh, Emmett, uh, wants an update. And it's got, it is one of the hot stocks. It's a leading buy now, pay later. Um, Afterpay. What's that one? I haven't heard yeah. of it before. <laughs> what is it? It's, it's come up a bit, but the market the market is changing so much. It's interesting here on Ausbiz because if you're a subscriber to Ausbiz, you put in your preferences and uh, um, the stocks that you want to follow. Mm. And four months ago, five months ago, it was all of the big ba banks, big four banks, were up there um, as the most popular stocks to follow. In the last month. 
Um, Zip is the number one stock to follow. CSL is number on two. On our recommendation. Yeah. yeah, that's right, clearly. Yeah. CSL um, uh, that people want to follow the most and EML Payments is there yeah, okay. as well. So, so, uh, so everyone Coordinate was also starting Coordinate to, starting to well. tick up yeah. there as well. Yeah. Um, so Afterpay, you both right. have been very bullish uh, on Afterpay. It has come back a bit. Yeah. Are you still bullish on it? So yes, I don't. I don't think you know this sell-off does provide some opportunity. So no. I don't think you get off the bus or get off the ride here. You could potentially take some money off the table if you bought in at thirty dollars, twenty dollars, sixty dollars. You could potentially take a little bit off here, but I think this thing's still got a long way to go. Um, we did see the CFO resign mm. or a bit of a transition, and that sort of does put a little bit of a cloud on what they're going to do. But they are looking for a global leadership uh, position there. So I think that is very positive and they've obviously got the balance sheet to do it now so yeah be comfortable and finding out who they sort of bring into that and that might open some more doors in the US or the UK or Europe and things like that so I think it's still a buy from me I think this sell-off does provide some opportunity uh, obviously we prefer zip and zips coming out with a quarterly update Monday Tuesday soon. next yeah. soon sometime sometime next week so I'd be really cautious uh, sorry not cautious I'd be uh, really comfortable to look at that and if those numbers still continue on, right. the buy now, pay later sector has still got a long, long way to go. So you prefer Zip? Prefer right. Zip, but it's yep. still a buy from me, Afterpay, yes. still a buy. Uh, I, I don't know. I, yeah, look, I, I don't know what sort of expert we'll be if you know we're bullish at the top and the share price fall ten percent, <laughs> we suddenly become bearish. <laughs> um, the, the, in the last few weeks, people, a lot of charters have shown me chart trends, yeah. you know, yeah. of where it might be the next one. But look, you know, it's always 50-50 on the high side. It's clear. Look, yeah. we're very bullish that by now pay later. I think just like um, Adam, that um, the, the growth path is enormous. Right. Um, the sell off, yes, in you know September, people taking a bit of profit off. Um, yeah. You know. You look at Nasdaq, it's down 10%, uh, just taking some profit off and mm. putting into something else. Right. Um, so don't be, don't get worried about the tech sell-off. It's, uh, no, I actually right. think, if anything, this is a really good buying opportunity. Um, I don't think this is a structural tech going to underperform from here on. I don't believe that, right. especially for high-quality business like this. Uh, and then you just see the UK now potentially going to further lockdown and Europe and all that. This is good for company like Afterpay. You know, look what happened mm. with the lockdown over here. Mm. Suddenly pull forward all that online spend. Yeah. Um, and the buy now pay later really benefit from that front. Um, and also, I think people made too much of that uh, transition, CFO transition. Look at the uh, announcement. It certainly sounds a little bit sudden, but they actually have been um, spending a bit of time finding the right person. Well, he's, he's actually going to stay till, till the, the first half. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, when he's going to deliver when the results. Results come up. Exactly. That's <laughs> an incentive. <laughs> he, he's going to deliver the result. And then the yeah. new p people, they actually put quite a few people, they expanded the executive team. Yeah, um, because the business is changing so rapidly. Yeah. They need someone who has the right skill to take it to the next level. Yeah. And I think it's a phenomenal. And Anthony, I spoke to Anthony yesterday, the CEO of Afterpay. He will um, you know, move, um, bring all this new executive to see all the manager, fund managers and then okay. uh, investors very soon. And she's very impressive that oh. they just, yeah, okay. Rebecca. Yeah, okay. so I think it would be very, very good. So, Afterpay is still your preferred? So or uh, prefer? we're the, we like the top two, so Afterpay and Zip. Says right. um, or we dab, sort of played it a little bit, bit, but then it got a little bit too uh, too hot um, just because of a lot right. of retail participation in there. But I think if our, you know, if the market leader does well, says or should follow. Um, okay, let, let me ask um, barriers to entry mm. for them. And now, particularly with these new 
sort of the easing of the, mm. of the credit restrictions on banks to lend, mm. will they all of a sudden say, right, we're going to start coming out of, with our own price? Commonwealth Bank's doing it with Kalana. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um, what is the barriers to entry? Look, the barriers to entry is very low. However, if you can you get to scale in a big way right. so you know from the example of afterpay in australia how quickly they built to you know it took them a few years but once they reach say one million people um active user then they just build scale and then they just took mm. off to right. you know they move from one percent penetration to ten percent penetration literally within 12 months really yeah. really quick yeah. and uh, once they build that large scale they they actually represent uh, a lot of eyeballs a lot of traffic for the retailers so so when you actually think about it customer wants to use them because it's convenient and retail loves it because um, you know you convert the customer so all altogether you know it serves a very viable okay. purpose um, in the US now it's 1% and we think that, that will get to that hockey stick pickup again okay. soon. yeah I mean large very large barriers to entry I mean market cap of afterpay is now 21 billion Right. right, so yeah. you know, there's no bank right. that's going to come in and try and take these guys over. That oh, unless unless Bank of America comes in and, and sure. goes to all its merchants that have their FPOS things. Hey, you've got to start using us now. Uh, yeah, they they could, but remember the average age on uh, <laughs> afterpay. <laughs> don't don't have a bank. <laughs> they're 30, that's a very good know, point. That, that, that shoots my argument yeah. down in flames. The millennials. <laughs> They don't have those but kinds of things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so you know, so for me, Afterpay uh, really does have that. It, it, it's the first mover advantage, advantage, and it definitely had that when it moved into the US, and that was you know why we've seen such a trajectory on their share price because of that US uh, expansion. So, um, but also you know, um, for Zip, Westpac owns five percent of Zip, so you know oh, they are still oh, I forgot about they that. are yeah. still in there, yeah. but they're just in the background, yeah. and mm. potentially there is opportunity yeah. for the bank to lift their stake in these things. When right. it does come through. It is a hot sector and is in the calls portfolio, it was put in a couple of weeks ago, I forget by which panel, they put in Thorny Technology, the listed ah, investment okay. company, That's yes. right. which is tech oriented yes. and has a big stake in Afterpay. That's right, Henry and was talking about that, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah. He was saying and when Afterpay goes down, tech also follows. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. He, he was also saying that it gives you a bit of a spread if... And if you can't handle the heat of the mm. volatility of afterpay, mm. something like Thorny is a good alternative because it's got a big stake in in afterpay, but then other good tech companies, both listed and unlisted. Yeah, great. Yeah, look, absolutely. For a retail investor, if you don't follow a company close enough, then yeah. ETF is the or, or uh, listed investment. Yeah, yeah. is the easier way to play. Yeah. And with the wastelets, boys running it and yeah, pretty good. Yeah, yeah okay. that's right. All right. Um, good discussion on Afterpay there. Let's just uh, recap our top five stocks plus stock of the day. Uh, Telex, um, a yes from Jumbay, a watch from Adam. Uh, the battery tech technology and lithium uh, ETF, a, a yes from both. Uh, Altium uh, got a tick from both Adam and Jumbay, but on a long-term basis, probably won't do much in the next year or two. Um, it'll be short short term pretty flat appen is probably a preferred yeah. stock if you want the tech area from uh, jumbay uh ricky pharmaceutical a watch from jumbay a yes from adam declaring that he was uh, part of the uh, the recent raise fundraising um sydney airport a yes is a good defensive stock and to ride back the opening of borders 
and uh, both still like Afterpay and always been supporters of Buy Now Pay Later. Um, Adam's preference while still liking Afterpay is probably Zip who have got a quarterly update coming next week. Uh, here on the call, um, as I mentioned, we've got our own portfolio tracking since the uh, 1st of July. If any stock gets uh, a thumbs up from both our exper experts, it goes in. If it comes up again and the expert panel don't give it a unanimous thumbs up, it comes out of the portfolio or stays if unanimous. Uh, let's take a look at the uh, weekly number. Oh. Uh, down one and three quarter percent for the month, down 3.45%. Um, for the year to date, uh, since the 1st of July, up almost 8% and we'll keep checking it. Um, we had a baby bunting, Charter Hall Group, People Infrastructure, Coles and BHP recently. Uh, City Chic uh, was booted out, was in the portfolio and uh, didn't get that unanimous tick so uh, has yeah. gone out of it. Uh, let's, if you want to check all the stocks in the Coles portfolio, head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Um, get the latest from our team straight into your inbox every afternoon at 5.30. Nadine and Scuddy wrap up the day of uh, business finance and investing. Uh, subscribe at osbiz.co slash join and you will see it there every day. You won't miss anything that's happened during the day. Um, also, you can go into the App Store um, and download the um, Osbiz app and you can put all your preferences in there too. Okay, welcome back to the call. Let's get into uh, the second five stocks that you've sent in. Lee wants a view on Spirit Telecom. This is a, um, a telecommunications company uh, with cloud, internet, um, telephony services, uh, mainly through Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane. Um, recently raised $18 million. They're going to uh, um, buy a number of, use that money to buy apparently a handful of small internet service providers. They're going to spend $6 million um, in a script and cash issue for three IT service companies on the East Coast uh, and a bit more in the war chest um, as a result of the raise. Adam, what do you think of Spirit? So we were part of this raise also. This one as well. At 32 cents, our corporate team has been going overtime Jeez, over the last month. Well, we have, you? That's yeah, good. absolutely. We've got more coming as well, right. so uh, that's that's good. But look, certainly, uh, Spirit is one that we like. I've had some client, and I've been buying some of this for clients around the sort of uh, 15 cent mark and even the 25 cent mark. And we took most of or, or all we could in the raise. So sophisticated's got. Uh, we got. I think we got 20 percent on the sophisticated side. But the SPP, which is a share purchase plan, was oversubscribed. They wanted $5 million. They had a total of $16.7 million from retail money coming wow. into this thing. And so, yeah. so it shows you the hunger for these kinds of deals and these kinds of yeah. things because even retail is going crazy at the moment for cap raises uh, going forward. So at $0.32, cents, we did the raise. It's $0.37. Cents. I really like this business. The reason why I like it is that, so it's a buy from Mikoshi, but the reason why I like it is, is that small telcos have got huge amount of growth. They can get the growth and they can move forward. One by growth by acquisition or organic growth. 
the larger telcos, the Telstra's of the world, the Optus's or, or, or TPG, are going to struggle to get the growth at oh. that top line. So they always okay. pretty much will go flat. But the smaller guys... But if they're guys, so strong, why wouldn't they be cutting these guys' lunch? I think it's a different, somewhat of a different sector. I mean, they are in telco and they are in internet. So potentially, right. yeah, that's not the, the way. I think because... Um, what these guys offer is those IT services, uh, enterprise grade, Wi-Fi, those kinds of things. Ah, it's for the right. smaller end of the market, whereas Telstra's looking at the big, you know, the, the, the big juicy contracts. Right. These guys are at the smaller end and sort of then uh, raising capital. These guys do grow by acquisition, so it is a little bit cautious. You've got to make sure are they, they pay the it? right. Yes, well, yeah, that's right. what they've. That's how they've been growing. Right. Um, so by doing that, you've got to make sure you look at the margin that they're buying at, and make sure that that's uh, that a right level, and they're not buying too much too quickly. So you just want to make sure that they're doing it very strategically. But for me, I really like right. this business. And so it, they've got buy. a good track record in in acquisitions. Yeah, right? Because some companies do it well, and others are terrible at yeah. it, aren't they? Agree. Okay. Agree. Jumba? Uh, okay, so I think uh, Adam said he's going to try and convince me later on on this stock. So <laughs> it, <laughs> only ever just seen it for the first time. But um, I guess one thing is again on that roll up front, right? So mm. um, you know, for a roll up to do well, is that they the business they buy needs to perform well by itself. So yeah. um, w w the first glance at the, some of those business they buy, um, they like you know the tech support for the SMEs, and then they do a bit of telco, and then they package it up and do all of that. Uh, my view is that you know is it is it scalable? You know, one of my question is uh, you you buy a couple of those are you actually is it scalable you know can you actually get more contracts and bolted on or you actually still have to hire more people right. um, so you yeah. know um, so that's one front um, whether you can generate that organic <coughs> revenue growth based on the current scale um, secondly uh, which is working in this company's favor they're probably buying those small businesses at two times revenue right. um, and this company is probably trading on I don't know five seven times revenue yep. so yeah. that multiple arbitrage will mean any acquisition mm. they make is very accretive right. so that means as long as they have strong balance sheet which sounds like they raise enough money and good track uh, you know good track record of buying businesses that's still doing well um, then that will continue um, you know until a point where you know running out of cash or running a right. business to buy so um, at this point it seems like it's in the right space um, but I think some of the questions I have is about the scalability of those small businesses what right. can you add to make them more okay yeah so not convinced. Uh, um, to watch. Yes. <laughs> not okay. Yet. All right. Okay. Um, ben, what's a view, Jumbay, on Treasury Wine Estates, Australia's uh, biggest <laughs> wine producer. Its most famous brand is Pemvols, but it has a whole bunch of others. Uh, was absolutely smashed as part of the uh, China trade war with us and Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Treasury? Look, I absolutely been wanting to buy this thing, um, but I'm not <laughs> sure if it's found its floor yet. Um, right. It's, um, you know, first of all, let's talk with the issue. So get caught out with this, uh, you know, the trade war and uh, well, the trade war, the, the, the trade conflict. And yeah. so China is now reviewing um, the anti-dumping of wine into yeah. into uh, into China and everything. Um, and uh, Sounds like um, the Chinese government is about to announce some sort of tariff increase for, from Australian wine. Now, right. currently, I think something like 15% is on the Australian wine, and there's, you know, people are talking numbers up to um, above 80%. 80? 80. 80. So, wow. because that's what China put on Bali. So, and then right. the, some of the talk is that possibly this could be at least that or more. Right. So. You know, and that's coming out in the ne next month or so. So that will really create a bit of a selling pressure for this business. Um, you know, that's probably where I'm looking at. You know, I really like to buy this business. Why is that? Brands are very difficult to build, very difficult yeah, to yeah. build. You will have strategic buyers stepping in, buying Penfold. 
you know, I think this brand, it's, you know, these days people just don't build brand anymore because yeah. mm. it take, it's difficult. And mm. big market like China to build a brand is incredibly expensive. Yeah. So this company has already uh, demonstrated its, um, you know, demand for the Chinese consumer. And I do think this is a short-term issue. Um, you know, I, yeah, but the question is, you know, probably it will fall a little bit more before, right. uh, before it becomes. 80% because they're accusing us of dumping cheap wine into China. When if you look at the actual Temple figures, really um, you know, where, uh, the price we get for our wine in China is one of the highest of any country. So yeah, it's just all part of this tit for tat um, absolutely. war that we, we yeah. have with China with our politicians at the moment. That's right. Absolutely. Certainly create uncertainty. Yeah. Uh, Penfold does have different brands um, you know, across yeah. different portfolios. So yeah. the cheaper one may get affected more with that tariff increase, right. but Penfold may not be so. So but they've been talking about spinning Penfolds off for quite a while. Uh, they, they do want to. I think the yeah. goal is next year it will happen. Yep. Um, but look, you know, with this uncertainty, it's, you know, it's, everything's on hold at this point. Yeah. Adam? So, uh, through March 23rd, bottom of the market, low of $8.40. This week it had a low of $8.77, currently $8.98, right? Wow. So, has it rebounded at all? Yeah, well, the floor that Jumbe is talking about is pretty much been starting to be set now. Right. I, I, can't, well, I can't see it going lower than March 23rd lows, which is when the world was mm. really ending yeah. and uh, everybody thought that. So, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable to start looking at this one here. Mm. Uh, we, we talked about at lunch the other day, China um, and wine is a symbol of, um, what was it, opulence or... That's you know, right, yeah. Especially the premium. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right, and Penfold sits right in that brand category mm. there. So, yeah. you know, do the upper end of Chinese really worry about a tariff or do they worry about these kinds of things? Is You know, so they'll just keep continue to buy this thing. It won't affect Penfold. Um, the premium brand won't right. get affected. Right. I think the main issue is that once you increase tariff, it creates a bit of issue for distribution. They don't know how to price it. Right. So you create it essentially a bit of vacuum for a couple right. months and then right. they work it out and then, you know, there we go again. Okay. So that's all it is. But I think both of us just really saying we love this company. It's a mm. buy. We're yeah. just timing. What's the best right. price to right. get, get in? So, so you would, you'd want to wait until that Chinese announcement. Oh, you wanted right. to, yeah, at least for that to be somewhat set in stone and mm. then the market, it's got a number, 80%, 50%, yeah. 20%, whatever that number okay. is, mm. we can all get our head around it. Okay, that's gonna be you know, taking off the top line, bottom line, this yeah. is how it's gonna work. Okay, and now you can see. But if it's like it. barley and they put an 80% um, tariff on it, the immediate reaction of the market will be Holy hell, It'll be mm. this is a disaster yeah. and will be a big drop in price. Right? That's right, yeah. yeah. So buy after that, well, that announcement yeah. when, everyone, when, no, when yeah. everyone's panicking. Uh, absolutely. Or that tariff might be better, like it might be only 50% and the market mm. was expecting right. 80%. So, right. But I think it's, it's providing certainty in mm. the market right. and that's what markets like. Markets don't like uncertainty and the certainty will be, we've now got it quantified, the tariff is going to be this, okay, let's get let's in there and buy this. Yeah. So not now, no. but uh, yeah. it's, it's fundamentally in the, it's great the next business. Month. Yeah. Right. So it, next is month. it? Like, do you know yeah, the timing? Yeah, yeah. So they, they said from August, it was two, yeah, next month. So two months after okay. August, so 60 days after okay. August. So in the next, so coming next couple month, of weeks, yeah. we'll, next we'll, couple weeks we'll, we'll know. Exactly. Okay. So you you rather lose a little bit, you know, if it jumps or Correct. whatever, you, you, but I you agree. have a, have certainty yeah. of where the earnings will look like. All right. Okay. All right, Ben, some good direction there. Great company. Just wait till that China decision comes out and, and see how it goes. And, and of course, when the decision comes out, we'll cover it here on Ausbiz and give you more direction. Um, 
Adam Stephen wants a view on uh, Centre Group, the uh, owns all the big Westfield shopping trusts in uh, Australia and New Zealand. Uh, it's a no right. from me. Straight <laughs> up, it's a quick one. Uh, look, I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of things going on, and obviously retail is going to start to get back on its feet. Yep. So that that is going to happen. But the loss of revenue that these guys have had, and and you know they've literally been locking shops, you know, with padlocks, yeah, not yeah, allowing yeah. people to get back they in. They did mosaic, didn't they? Mosaic, oh, and and then obviously then the lawyers are coming in and saying, no, you owe us money when yeah. you've got these sort of high-profile guys like Solomon Lou saying we're not going to pay you, albeit he probably paid at the back end. But uh, still, that upfront commentary around that just does worry me. I think the shorts have got this one. There's a selling position around about 93 million shares on on, uh, on five billion shares, but on issue. But um, yeah, I don't like that sort of short position. It's quite quite big uh, yeah. in, in that space. And look, I just think that they're on a tough road ahead for the next 12 to even two years to get all this money back that's owed. Plus, then moving forward with more people going to online, they've changed their shopping habits, and it's going to be hard to get them back into the malls and centres. Right. Okay, Jumbo. Uh, if I, I'm normally not a value person, but uh, one of the value stock I would buy at the moment is this one. Um, mm. Because you look at there is disruption and everything, yep. but we saw they recently released the August uh, rent collection numbers. It's, it's uh, pretty good. You know, it's really good. Yeah. It's almost yeah. up 90%. And so it's very, very strong, even with Melbourne still in lockdown. So, you know, it is coming back and it is hold, uh, it is a, you know, a vehicle that holds most premium shopping centers around Australia. Yeah. With this reopening taking place, uh, yes, it will take some time to, re but the share price is trading at 50% discount to its, uh, its mm. net asset value. So it will bounce hard. Look at the travel travel agents. Yeah. Um, but those assets have all have to be revalued down. They will day. have to be revalued down mm. with the structural changes, but right. for the short, you know, but for the longer term, you know, you revalue down, say, five to five to seven percent, which most of the mm. um, analysts already have done. So but at 50% discount, you still make money, even just buying it as a property the location itself right. and you convert the usage to something else you would make money so okay. this one take a 12 month you need to take a longer term view um, and it will come back okay all right mm. so you'd buy it these it's a buy. Yeah, it's a buy. what about um compare it because when uh the lowy's family got out of westfield mm -hmm. which probably we all should have got out <laughs> <The top laughs> of westfield one. at the same time Absolutely. when the family goes out you just Absolutely. follow them oh, they know yeah. something if they want to take a profit but they divide it centre group here and then the overseas ones, the European mm, ones are yeah, Unibail. Um, would you buy centre or Unibail? Oh, that one's very, very spicy. Um, <laughs> that one's very difficult because it's Unibail. got so yeah, yeah. That one's got so much debt. Um, ah, so much okay. debt. Even if they do one for one, they can't raise enough money to pay down mm. to just to get to a comfortable level. And don't ah. forget, the European malls are very different from Australian malls. They're under far more structural threat over there. Ah. Um, so yeah, so the valuation of European mall has been falling for a very, very long time. Whereas Australian wise, actually, because of the way we structured, you know, people tend to go to shopping center, um, yeah. and there's a co only a couple of locations you can go into. So we have pr premium valuation, whereas over there there isn't. So ah, good point. and plus at the moment you've got the third wave um, you know all these yeah. things taking place it's going to take a very long time for that okay. business to recover yeah mm. uh, Europe's a worry isn't they mm. sort of let the shackles off and everyone went wild during summer and everyone's now getting infected and dying again they're, they're <laughs> locking again, down yeah. it's ridiculous um, all right you mentioned this earlier Jumbe uh, you really want a, a view on CSR the big building uh, products 
uh, group in Australia and New Zealand, also has an interest in the Gove Aluminium Finance business and Tomago Aluminium Smelter. Uh, mm. What do you think of CSR? Look, right now, actually, things are looking pretty good for them. So yeah. a few months ago, it was looking like um, building construction for new housing is falling off um, yeah. because of the recession and things. Um, and we just went through a period of overbuild. So, you know, things were looking pretty soggy. Yeah. However, um, because of the government activity and stimulus that's been given to the builders, given to, um, you know, renovation activities, um, that is actually picking up. And so we have heard from that entire space. So, you know, the entire housing, uh, home building space um, activity is picking up massively mm. um, so this company has already been I think the result that's coming up probably November is going to be a slight upgrade to consensus expectations right. okay. share price has performed quite well just in the mm. last couple of weeks as people start chasing that sort of housing related um, stocks um, I tend to be a little bit you know just looking at those uh, cyclical names so you need to take profit as they have a rally and Correct. put right. into higher quality company like you want to play housing put into domain you know leverage right. that listing or aria you know some of those higher quality businesses yeah. uh, but this one's cheap so mm -hmm. for now it looks it's in a pretty good spot um it's probably a hold for me at this point right. okay adam yeah I look at that chart five years it's pretty much done <laughs> nothing, nothing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah look it doesn't, uh, I've always been a seller of, you know, the borrows of the world as well as CSR. I just, I feel that unless you're getting in that, in that bottom trough area where you're sort of three bucks and things like that, there's a trade and then yeah. you sell out as that valuation starts to come up. I don't really see, it doesn't excite me. And um, I think there's plenty of other better stocks out there to look at. Yeah. Uh, so for me, it, it's a no right. mm. uh, going forward. Uh, is James Harvey still the premium? Mm. stock in this area yeah, yeah. well they've got the u.s side of things and yeah. i like that you know that 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 has been moving really really well okay. um but yeah I mean, you, there's so many other ones out there and mm. this is a very old world stock as well mm. you know yeah. it's been on the market for a long time mm. and has had a couple of change of reiterations of the way they've done their business as well so mm. you know even a brickworks could be a little bit better i mean they haven't yeah. raised their dividend well, yesterday they did mm. well yeah. Yesterday's result. Yeah. Well, so, um, you know, maybe something like that would be a better play. Okay. Um, mm. All right. Something like CSA. Uh And our final stock from Anna is Domain. Well, I thought it would be <laughs> a nice segue. It's, hey? it's a bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, for, yeah, for me, Domain, I prefer REA. I mean, it's yeah, the better. It's, it's it, a quality it, name. It is yeah. the best name in, mm. in, in that space. And Domain's really, really struggled and has always struggled mm. being that sort of second partner. I think they've got a really good website and, you know, yeah. I, I have used it when, you know, looking for many years ago when we were looking for a house, you know, sort of it did have that quite intuitive and, you know, there's lots of functions on there. But the biggest key thing for Domain and REA is to raise up the profile of the real estate agents because obviously the user doesn't yes. pay for it. It's a real yeah. estate agents. And you know they they lift. They've got tiers of offering that they can plug mm. these real estate agents into. And if you want your results to be in the top page, you pay a little bit more. And if yeah. you want to be at the top, you know you pay a little bit. And so by then getting them to raise that up, that is certainly one of the ways that the revenue can be driven. I think they've got a really good um, IT guy in there that was ex Google or something like that. Right. I'm, I'm going from memory. It was a, it was a year or so ago. He came on and he's really started to move the business. It's a tough one though, if we look at the five year chart, I mean, it'd mm -hmm. probably show you a little bit of a different story of the, of, of the way domain has really sort of come. So for me, REA is my pick. Right. 
Okay. And maybe Jumbo is going to disagree with me on this one, <laughs> but I, I think you stay with quality, and I think REA is the player's place okay. to be. Yeah. Uh, look, honestly, if you look, Juro uh, take a one-year chart, or yeah, probably one-year chart, or you overlay domain and REA, they yeah. perform exactly almost identical. Oh. But uh, so I guess you know I like the quality REA, but I just feel in a rising uh, listing environment, domain will have more leverage. Let me tell you why. So REA's market cap is eight times domain's market cap. The main reason is not because it's super expensive. It is expensive, but very similar. But it's uh, it managed to monetize its um, its audience far better. It has premium listing. Yep. Have all these things does much yep. better. Whereas domain coming from behind um, haven't really done much of that. They just started doing so, and we saw some good indication of that coming through. If they can execute on that, the earning will double, triple significantly right. so on that basis it's got a lot more runway especially in the rising environment it's a little bit more geared as well compared to rea so if top line start to move if our listing started improving which it, ha it has been um, aside from the lockdown um, you know we expect the next couple of years the earning will double just in the next two on a two-year view uh, this is for demand so if it's going to double earning the share price will do better than right. rea but rea right. is defensive you know right. if we have another lockdown rea will do better than uh, sure. than demand yeah sure. Yeah, so, so domain is my yes? preference. It's yes. Yes. <laughs> it's yes. Domain's your oh, preference. Sorry, that's a long way. Right? Yep. <laughs> Imagine talking through that. So sorry, it's a sell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's just recap the We're final five stocks. We're hanging on every stocks. word of that one. We? Uh, yeah. Uh, Spirit Telecom, uh, yes from Adam, a no from Jumbay. Uh, Treasury Wine Estate. Um, look, both of them like it, and it's been absolutely bashed on the share market. Uh, see what happens after the China announcement, which is in the next month or so, and maybe look to start accumulating there, but, but great assets. Uh, Centre Group, a no from Adam, a yes from Jumbay. Uh, CSR, um, a no from Adam, prefers Brickworks, um, really uh, a hold from Jumbay. And uh, in terms of Dubai, Jumbay likes it, preferred out of the two with REA, uh, Adam is the opposite. Um, great to have you both here. Mm. Um, Good to again, be here. Another great Friday. Jumbay Lou from Tribeca Capital and also Adam Dawes from Shoreham Partners who had so many conflicts today, uh, but declared <laughs> them all, yeah. which is good for Shoreham Partners that you've got so, so many of the raisings. Um, if you want to uh, suggest any stocks to us, uh, you can do so via email, the call at ausbiz.com.au or use the Twitter handle um, at TV, and it will get through to us. Uh, a reminder, if you want to look at all the stocks in the calls portfolio, and what have we added today? Um, Altium, uh, the battery tech, Lithium, Afterpay, which is already in there, Sydney Airport's already in there as well, um, onto the list as well. You can head to ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. And for our Facebook and Twitter viewers, continue watching us on our website, ausbiz.com.au or through the iOS app. And Startup Daily Show coming up between two and three. Each day they bring you the company seeking to raise capital off market and all the latest news in the startup scale-up venture capital area. Lisa Sai from uh, Abbey, a new platform that's helping to reduce the gender wealth gap in Australia, and will be on the show there. She's the founder of it. That's the Startup Daily Show from 2pm plus a whole lot of other guests as well. Uh, coming up on the polls very shortly, Dean Whiting from the Pathology Technology Australia joins us to uh, explain how antigen testing, uh, antigen testing can be used to safely reopen the economy without the need of a vaccine. That's uh, next right here on Ausbiz. So a lot happening 
on the channel for the rest of the afternoon. But from us, uh, have a great day. We'll see you Monday, midday, for another edition of The Call. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.